All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Sports Authority podcast. You're used to probably hearing Eric's voice opening the show, but tonight we got to give him a little bit of extra props because he set something up incredible for us tonight. We have our first official guest on the Sports Authority podcast tonight. So, Eric, thank you. Tell us who you set us up with tonight. Well, I set us up with our first guest. No, he doesn't. He, he's not an. He's not known for being an athlete. That's okay. He's known for something even better. So he's pushing a petition to get these damn executives in baseball and the, these players, you know, the union off their ass in this meeting room. Meet up. Let's get this baseball season rolling because we don't want to wait too much longer. You know, uh, they have met up by now. So on as of February eighth, twenty twenty two, six thirty. I present to you. He this he is the creator petition on change.org. Uh, the the uh, link is change.org slash save baseball. Again, it's change.org slash save baseball. And uh, his name is Eric Spikes. Eric, how you doing today? My name's Eric as well. So you know, two great men here already. <laughs> yeah, a fa- fantastic name, and and it- really appreciate you guys. I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. I, I think this uh, really ple- appreciate the platform. Um, you know, it's uh, th- this whole thing grew organically out of just wanting to do something, anything to to try and save baseball. Right? We 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 had a shortened season two years ago, and we just cannot have another. I mean, flat out, period. We can't. So um, just desperation trying to do anything and everything to um, spark something. So I appreciate yeah. you guys. No, I, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I think petitions is a great way to show these people like, hey, people really do care. You know, um, you, maybe you shouldn't be meeting every three weeks and talking. You know, maybe you should be doing this uh, maybe five times a week and talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, four meetings in two months, I think is maybe the official number. And, and I believe one of those meetings was seven minutes. Uh, right before the holiday break. And it's just, hey, what are you guys doing? And I think uh, people care about baseball so much more than that. Um, so I, yeah, I I get it, right? Any Anything you do for a living gets to be kind of a slug. Uh, but there, there are people that actually care about this thing and, and want to see the season start on time and roll as normal. And uh, yeah, kind of worried about that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about that too myself. Um, Humphrey, I know, I know that you, sometimes you watch baseball off and on. I mean, I got subscribed to MLB.tv on through Amazon prime. I got, <laughs> I, I like baseball so much. I watch every single game that I can. Uh, I, but. I definitely wish I had more time to devote to following baseball because with work schedules and the fact that I'm primarily a football and hockey guy, Baseball kind of takes a back seat with me, but at the same time, it is America's pastime. It is the most frequently played sport in the country of all age groups, unless you, other than the senior citizens, they got golf, but <laughs> I got to say, Eric, thank you for putting our first amendment to good use with the freedom to petition because you got this thing rolling and it's an incredible thing you're working on. I guess we're going to start by asking. I know for me, my biggest sport is hockey. What solidified my love of it was Ryan Malone's antics during the 08 Stanley Cup final against 
the Detroit Red Wings, like getting into a fight, five minute major for that, coming out, throwing a stick back in the box and going right back after the dude. I want to know what was your Ryan Malone moment for baseball? Oh, um, you know, it was kind of ingrained in me. So my dad was buying me packs of cards before I could, I could talk. Uh, so I had all these packs of like 87 tops and, um, you know, 88 tops, like, like from then to, to 1990 that, that I opened when I was, you, you know, seven, eight years old and, and you had the sticks of bubble gum still in there. And I think I chewed a couple and it, it just, it was fan freaking tastic just getting seeped in that world. And, and, uh, you know, from the earliest age I can remember just sorting these baseball cards and looking at stats, um, watching, watching the Rangers, you know, back when they were terrible and I know they're terrible now, uh, but they had, a, they've had a couple of good runs and, and really that was it. I mean, it's a generational thing and just something clicked. And um, I mean, it's just even the, the, the stalwarts of the nineties, Cal Ripken, Frank Thomas, King Griffey Jr., I'm just watching those guys. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's 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 poetry on a diamond, and uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun. Just fell in love with it. No, absolutely. Um, so, what was your first like childhood like? Like, what was your first baseball game? And like, how was that for you? Like, what was the first game you ever went to? Who who did you first ever see live? First? So. So my dad took me to uh, to Arlington Stadium, um, you know, before they got the Rangers got their new stadium in '94. And if you guys don't know anything about that, just look it up sometime. Um, yeah, I guess the, the Rangers had it from '72 to '93, and I mean it was so. So Allen, Texas, has a, a football stadium that that cost millions of dollars. I, I'm pretty sure that was was pricier than than this stadium. I mean, just uh, compare it to minor league stadiums today, and I don't think it quite adds up, uh, even the worst of them. Uh, but you know, it was it, it was what we had. And and I, there's a fantastic article out there about how the Rangers came to Texas and and uh, you know adopted that stadium. They, they they it was a minor league park. I think they added on to. Uh, but anyway, so. So I saw Nolan Ryan pitch three times. He lost every single one of those games. And I really don't remember anything about it. But I, I remember people beating on these metal bleachers. And, uh, you know, Steve Bouchelle would come up and everybody would boo him. And I'd be asking, it, you know, why, why are they booing this guy? But, you know, that was his nickname. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's what I remember. Seeing Nolan Ryan pitch, lose games for a terrible Rangers team. And uh, that was it. But it was a lot of fun. Well, now that that's a rarity. But every single Nolan Ryan start, and like he loses. Like that, that's I yeah. I saw three of them. Right, he won three hundred plus games. You would think. You would you, think I'll, that. I was gonna say that's that, you know, that that's like going to see Tom Brady play. But every time you saw Tom Brady play, it was a loss. Like I know, rare. Um, I, I did see a few strikeouts though, so that was nice. Well, yeah, he is that he is the strikeout king still. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, by a lot. He's the career strikeout king by a lot. Yep. Yes. Um, All right. So, so that pretty much explains why, where your background, why you became such a big fan. Like now in your adult life, what, why is baseball so important to you now? Like I understand childhood memories and nostalgia, but 
what goes deeper? You know, um, there, there is not much harder than a guy at the plate with, with a round bat trying to hit a round ball that, that is moving at, at 90 plus miles per hour, just seeing how these guys can, can, can pitch and the, the competitiveness. I mean, every single at bat, there's, there's a game within a game at, at every single moment, right? It's not just, it's, it's, the, there's the, the score, right? Uh, you know, runs against runs, but just, you've got the pitcher versus the batter, right? And um, just, you know, filters taking correct routes to balls and just every little thing, you know, what, what is a pitcher going to do to one? Uh, you know, what, what does he have in his arsenal? What's he going to throw? You know, when should he throw it? Uh, you know, who's on base and what's going to happen? How are they, how are the fielders positioning themselves? There's, there's so much to it that it's, uh, there's just a lot to be thinking about. And I think it's very engaging. Um, you know, a lot of people say baseball is boring. I, I beg to differ. Um, I, I think it's one of the, oh, well, I think it's the most exciting sport there is. And, um, uh, if I could add one thing, fantasy baseball has has really, really, really brought me into the game overall outside of the Rangers. Um, and uh, I, I think when you, when you get involved with that, it is incredibly engrossing and really enhances the sport. Yeah, I mean, I was going to start up my first ever fantasy baseball uh, league. Um, I never even yeah. played it. And I was going to try to start a league up just to have some fun with it. Um play around and all of a sudden I find out about this lockout. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I can't see this happen. Um, the worst. So I, I wanted to ask something. Um, who was your favorite all time player growing up? Just, just, just curious. So, uh, uh, my favorite was Rusty Greer and his style of play. I mean, the guy was, the guy was a gamer. I mean, his, he, he's mostly known for, the diving catch in Kenny Rogers, perfect game and saving that thing with, I think it was one out in the ninth. Um, you know, Greer comes out of nowhere. If you go back and watch it, you see the camera, you know, panned on the outfield and uh, all of a sudden here comes Greer and he's just diving full horizontal uh, going all out. And he gets this ball, uh, which was just a pop-up to the outfield, right? That thing would have fallen. It, it would have been just a travesty because it wasn't even a good hit, but uh, yeah, he he grabs the thing, and from that moment on, uh, yeah, he he was always one of my favorite players, and just just a great contact hitter, a gamer in all respects. And his career ended essentially diving for a foul ball in, in a preseason game. He he jumped up against the wall in a preseason game, I think injured his ribs, and he was done. Um, he he you know he played through the injuries, but he's never really got back. So Rusty Greer's got to be it for me, but but also Pudge Rodriguez. I mean, how can you get better than that? The dude was just so fantastic at his position, fielded it, threw runners out, um, just a great hitter uh, through and through, great player through and through, best catcher of all time in my opinion. Um, so I mean, he's he, he's a number two for me, and um, yeah, I just hey, there, there were a lot of great players in uh, Rangers lore that I think. Um, could, could really be a very close number two. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, one of the Rangers players I remember from uh, watching them, of course, you know, you got A-Rod from him. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another player, I guess, in more modern times is Ian Kinsler, if I remember correctly. A gamer as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, Ian Kinsler, he's a solid second baseman uh, on, sure. on the defense for sure. I think he probably sold out for power a little bit, popped up a lot, but man, yeah. you got to respect uh, his style of play. Oh, yeah, in terms of uh, fielding, he was definitely a candidate for gold glove almost every year in his prime. Um, so uh, that's, oh, I like him a lot. I feel like in baseball, the hitter gets more like popularity and praise, but I don't think we get gold glovers enough love. That's my honest opinion, too. Yeah, I think right. you're right, too. But. So, I guess the meat and potatoes of this thing, though, you probably got more knowledge, more research done, and more insight than we do. What exactly is going on? Why is this lockout happening? Like, what are both sides asking for? Why is it at such a stalemate? Yeah, you know, um, really, I haven't dove too much in the, into the details as, as I should have. I mean, for me, basically, it boils down to, Hey, baseball should be happening, but baseball is not happening. It's uh, it's it's very black and white. Baseball, no baseball, and we should be having baseball in a week. Pitchers and catchers should be reporting, but they are not. Uh, we've got owners meeting in Florida. What, what are they even talking about? I, I don't know. Um, but so the last CBA was signed. I, I believe it was 2017. And it's been it's been six years, right? These issues have been on the table for six years, and we've had all this opportunity to to talk and to discuss and to get something worked out, but it just hasn't happened. And ever since the the season ended, I believe early November, um, we we've had you know, four meetings. There's an official stat out there, right? But you know, four meetings in uh, two months is what I've been saying. And one of those was seven minutes. And I don't know all the details. I don't claim to know. But w whatever the official number is, it's not enough. Like we're, we're dealing with not having a baseball season. And these guys are, just seem to be okay with it. And it, it's it's simply not all right. Uh, but, you know, what you'll see most of the players out there saying, and, right, it, it's, it's a different world. So we had this strike in 94, but uh, we didn't have Twitter back then. Uh, we, we didn't have YouTube, Instagram, all the stuff. Um, and, and, and hey, players are being vocal. And, and what they're mostly saying is, and I think it gets misconstrued uh, because we, I think even I felt I felt victim to this and, and probably still do at times where we're thinking the players are just asking for, for more money. They just want more money. And that's part of it. But they're, they're, they, they want a redistribution of the revenues. Uh, yeah, hey, these owners are getting a lot of money. Right. The, the fans are paying a lot of money to go to a game, to, to buy merchandise, all this stuff. And well, what they're asking. Yeah, go ahead. As it stands now, I believe the current deal with where it's the distribution of income goes is the huh? TV deals and a majority of merchandising goes to the owners, whereas the players get their royalty percentage off of their merchandise sold and they get the cut of the gate from the games. Which okay. seems like extremely lopsided because what's the gate? What's the take from a from a game's gate typically? Maybe a couple hundred thousand, whereas the TV distribution rights for even a week of the season are multi million dollars. Right, and that's I mean that's a game that's going to have to break soon because um, I don't pay for cable um, yet. I, I don't want to. I, I, if if um, I've, yeah, I want to watch the Rangers. I don't want to watch TLC. I'm not paying 80 bucks a month for that. Um, so, and I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. There's a lot of garbage out there and we've got so much to pay for. 
yeah, I, I think that is going to be a thing of the past, or maybe it gets just redistributed to YouTube TV or something like that. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get um, your thoughts on uh, some some of these uh, things that each side wants. This is kind mm. of fascinating. We talked about this the one episode, but I just want to get your take on it. The owners, they want to totally do away with the arbitration system. So I guess like um, or SOL, if you're playing really good in your fourth, fifth, and sixth year, <laughs> um, they'll just pay you what they want. Uh, I know, I know that they want to do later free agency. What I see, I'm just doing the big points. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of uh, six years of MLB service time, uh, I read that somewhere that they want to make it to eight, and I, I just think that's ridiculous. Eight years of your career. So if you imagine their average call up would be right around 24, 25, right? Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me by the time you're in your mid 30s, early 30s, that you're you think you're going to get the big money contract? I found that I found that to be laughable, and they want to expand the playoffs, so that's the way. So it's gonna be fourteen teams, so you can have an eighty-three win season, and you know you'll you'll still be able to make the playoffs. So in other words, they don't have to go out and get that big player, um, or that bigger player, so they can get better in the standings. Um, that, that's just the owner side of it. Uh, and then for let me see the uh, I just added up here we go. And for the players. Uh, the biggest one I see on here is they want earlier free agency. So from what I read, it was preset this uh, the other episode. They said either 29 and a half years old or four years of MLB service time, whatever comes first. It's 29 and a half or five years of service time, whichever comes later. Like you have uh, to have both. Okay, whichever one. Yeah, okay. Which you, once you reach both of those thresholds, oh, yeah, which I think both. is insane. Whoa, I think even worse. I think even that if that's what the players are asking for, I think they're even giving to the owners too much leeway on that because Whoa. think about it. You're yeah. what, 27? Eric? Yeah, I'm I'm 25. Me? No, I'm old, man. I'm 36. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's 36, I'm 25. So, can you imagine that? You finally make it to the bigs but you're 36, you know, like you're like Brett Gardner at this point, you know? Like Right. I mean, think right. about it this way. Say you finally made your break from the minors. You got your first game this at the start of this in opening day this year on a major league team. You still got five full seasons to play before you're even eligible to sign a, a contract outside of your rookie deal. I think that's insane. Yeah. Like bat, bat of football, your entry level contract is five years. Most of the time you can go out for free agency after four unless they sign the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Hockey, you're on a three-year entry-level contract. So when you make your debut, you got three years worth of service time before you're eligible to go out and see. I mean, there's an RFA contract. Yeah, you can you can decline to sign the RFA option for hockey, and then uh, um, if they if they tender it, then uh, team teams can offer, and then uh, either the uh, your club has to either match the salary. Or the you just get signed and they might have to give up picks depending on the salary that was. I wish Chris was here right now because he'd know better than I would. But I believe basketball, the entry level contracts is either three or four years, and yet baseball, currently we're sticking we're looking at six years of service time before you're eligible to negotiate. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, and the arbitrator has to decide if the club or the players. Were, I don't know, man. 
I thought that was always shady with baseball, in my honest opinion. It's kind of a convoluted process. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I don't even really know, like, how that gets decided. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's shady. It, it's it's a gray area, for sure. Yeah, there's some shade there. Yeah. The other big point that is being discussed with this lockout is... I don't want to say, per se, salary cap, salary floor, because... Baseball doesn't have that, but I do know that the players are pushing for there to be a salary floor and a, uh, the owners are pushing for them to do away with the luxury tax. Like I can understand adding a salary floor because you've got, what was it? The. I know Tampa Bay Rays made the playoffs with like a $50 million payroll or something like that, which mm-hmm. is really low for a team, but you've got the playoffs though. So they don't have to go out and pay spend anymore because they're already good. I think it was the Tampa Bay Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates are both getting away with paying their entire roster's annual salary of 40 mil, which is 100 mil a year less than 17 other teams in the league. Yeah, well, I mean, and uh, you've got one team that does it very well and the other team that, that does not. Um, yeah, I live here. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, That's I fun. love the Pirates, man. Um, I, I I root for them because I, I typically go for underdogs. But yeah, it's rough. But yeah, um, seeing the stadiums empty and the fact that uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are the second most profitable team in uh, MLB, by the way, is that right? all the time on sports radio here. Wow. I had no they idea. Do. They do. I, I don't even. I don't Goodness. Get it. He's the second most profitable uh, franchise, Bob Nutting, the owner. But he can't field a pretty decent team with that money, uh, too. I don't understand that. Second out of 30. Uh, that, that's mind-boggling. Huh. I, I, I mean, I, for one, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. This is probably a hot take. But <laughs> I think baseball would greatly benefit from – following suit of the NHL and the NFL instituting a solid salary cap salary floor. I doubt it's ever going to happen because you got your owners that aren't going to want to pony up the extra money to follow a salary floor. And then you've got your your players that probably won't agree to a salary cap because you've got certain players like your Bryce Harper, your Manny Machado, that the amount of money that those two players are each due out over the course of their current contracts is more than what the Pirates are paying their entire roster for a year. And I I think that is completely asinine. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, if you can prove that you can do it and you've got a great model working, uh, Rays and A's, uh, yeah, hey, maybe that's just the way you you do business, right? But uh, if if you're failing at it and uh, not doing anything about it, yeah, you've got some questions to answer. Yeah, and the players want to stop revenue sharing amongst all the clubs because, you know, all the small market teams that don't want to spend nothing. Um, I believe right now at the moment it's, uh, I believe teams split with revenue a certain percentage, but it's like an average, like $100 million to like each team that gets spread out or something like that, like across 30 teams, $100 million. So like spread, spread, that's what each team's getting on average. Hundred million across all thirty. Uh, that is horrendous. 
Uh, and the fact that they ain't using any of that money to upgrade their rosters, I think that's egregious. But um, I want to move on to this. I want to see uh, what you're taking. What do you think? What do you think of Rob Manfred's uh, approach to this lockout? Um, like, like, what are you thinking? Like, do you do you like what he's been doing so far, or are you totally like against him? Like, what is he doing? Oh, I mean, hey, where where is he? Um, and <laughs> where is he? Yeah, where, where, where did he go? Where where's Rob Manfred? It's like, uh, yeah, I, I imagine him just wearing this this red and white striped shirt in this, uh, <laughs> like, you know, this, this cap. You can find him in, in the sea of people, and uh, it's it, it's probably kind of fun that we should all look for him. But um, forget Waldo. Where's Manfred? Got yeah, it. exactly. And there, hey, there's a lot of money to be made in that if somebody can make a book. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's so confusing. And y- you know what? A, a part of me really thinks that, that hey, maybe this thing is staged because uh, c- it, it's so confusing. Why? Why in the world would you not be meeting every single day? Especially, I mean, you're the commissioner of baseball, and these guys have a lot to lose. I mean, I know they're billionaires, but Hey, there's a lot of revenue tied up in this. They can't even, the Rangers can't even sell Corey Seeker jerseys. And I've been dying to buy one uh, because of the lockout. And so surely this is in the owner's best interest to get this thing done. But but they're meeting, you know, once, maybe every other week for 60 minutes. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in a sales job for, for my, my bread and butter role. And, um, that, that, that wouldn't hack it. Like I can't, I couldn't do that. So what are these guys doing? Um, and, and Manfred's at the head of that. There, there's so, really no excuse. Yeah. So here's what I find funny about this whole, uh, whole, uh, lockout. So, um, when it started, I have a quote up here. He said, this defensive lockout was necessary because the players association's vision for major league baseball would threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive. So you mean that you're supposed to be this neutral figure that the owners elect and you're just taking the total side of the owners. Um, I, I remember players were actively out against Manfred and had a, their own petition to see if they can get him removed because the guy is not like when, when the NFL lockout was happening in 2011, Roger Goodell was so neutral. You didn't even know what side he was playing on. He was like, let's get this together guys. Let's do this. It was only four months, but they got it done before, um, like, the preseason was totally out of the woodwork. I mean, this guy is just like, yeah, the owners are right. The owners are right. Is that a really good attitude for him to take? Yeah, so so maybe I don't understand the position full well, but from what I understand, he, he's he's supposed to be the mouthpiece of the owners. And But, you know, why would that position not be the mouthpiece for both sides? Uh, so, so maybe he's just construing things, and that's that's construing my view of him. But uh, yeah, it, I think it absolutely should take both sides into account. And and it's not just this; it's not just the lockout. It's uh, tr- trying to change the game to make it, you know, quote unquote, more watchable. And I think you even either like baseball or you don't. And, and all these little changes, having a guy on second after the ninth inning, um, I, I think that they're so minuscule and don't don't really change that much of the game or cause additional viewership enough to to justify them being in place at all and yeah i i think it's just i think it goes way deeper than this but all yeah right. he's doing a lot of stuff that that's weird 
talking about like little minuscule changes in the game, something that Eric had a bit of passion about last week on our episode when we were discussing what's going on with the major league situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard that they are thinking about implementing a pitch, pitch clock of 35 seconds per pitch to speed up the pace of the game and add a little bit more excitement to it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so they they have a pitch clock now. I mean, you go to the stadium and you'll see it running, but but it's it's a, a soft pitch clock. Like if if you go over that, it's you don't get penalized. Um, so hey, it's kind of like the play clock in football, where like it hits zero, but if you still don't go about a second over it, you know, it'll play a little bit, kind of like that. Yeah, well, I think these guys can just keep walking around the mound if they want to. I, huh. I think at that point, the you know the umpire says, okay, let's hurry it up, but. Um, yeah, there's, there's no hard penalty there. Um, Hey, look, I know being a pitcher is a hard thing and you've got to think about your next move. You got to get set, but yeah, I I don't disagree with that one too much. If that's something that they want to put a hard set rule on, I'm, I'm good with that. I think that's a good change. How would we incorporate or institute a penalty for that? Because as far as I'm aware in the sport of baseball, the only real penalties that are enforced is ejecting a pitcher from the game if he intentionally beans somebody with the ball. Yeah, they really have full reign. I think I saw, uh, well, it was like a couple years ago, I saw a pitcher literally hold up a game for some protest or something about a match home. <laughs> like, he was allowed to do that. I couldn't believe it. Could you imagine if an offense in football just decided to like, not run a play? Like, you would get delay of games every single time that play clock hit zero. And in baseball, the pitcher's allowed to hold up a whole game. I thought that was impressive. Oh, he's got the power, man. He's got the power. And, yeah, I, I think it's as simple as making it a ball. Um, yeah. You know, just, hey, yeah. that, that, that's a ball. I would say make it a ball. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Without I'm- adding the sh- – without adding, like, a – Oh, no, I guess that does make that would make sense. We would end up seeing either more p- quick fire pitches, or we'd see more people on plate. So yeah, that I like that idea. That's a good uh, compromise. Yeah, and hey, sometimes it's the hitter just kind of just stepping out, walking around. So I, I don't know how you handle that, but um, yeah, usually it's not too long. I mean, if it's the hitter doing it, yeah. in, in the vein of what you just said, counted as a strike. Call it a strike. Like, because I will say, as someone who's only a casual casual fan, I do like the fact they are trying to speed up the game, make it more fast paced, entertaining. Because I, I will, I will admit to, as a baseball casual fan, if I'm watching it on TV, it's pretty much only going to be during the playoffs because regular season games tend to do do tend to drag out a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's every night, but I think that the beautiful thing about baseball, even being a, a hardcore fan like I am, I mean, I got a family, I've got things I have to do, I have a full time job. Um, I, I will usually put it on, I'll be doing other things, and uh, hey, key moment comes up, I'll, I'll clue into that. Or hey, we live in a great world where you've got DVR, so if I have to rewind it, I will. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's usually on in the background, and I'll watch it for stints. And hey, 
I don't think that's a bad thing. I, th- I think it's a, it's it's fun to be able to do it. Um, it's just the way it works for me. No, absolutely. Um, and uh, I wanted to read this one quote here <clears throat> from uh, this player who just uh, commented on it. February, actually, two days ago, he made this tweet. It was Marcus Stroman of the Cubs. He says, Man Clown and his boys need to figure it out and stop ruining the game of baseball. That was Marcus Stroman on February 6th. Um yeah, the tensions are getting pretty high. I guess I guess my next question to you is, do you, do you see this uh, getting anywhere? I mean, the players are taking shots at Manfred still to this day, um, ever since December 2nd. I, I think that's why they are probably meeting four times. Um, into- They've also rejected the owners trying to bring in a federal... Uh- oh, yeah, the mediator. What do you think of that? What do you think of the players not bringing in the mediator? Or this disagree, which is in their right to do that. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, you know, All right. I, I think it's, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And yeah. uh, I, really, I, I feel like the mediator thing is just a bunch of positioning. And I, I feel like a lot of what the players are saying on, on, on Twitter and stuff is is also a bunch of positioning. And yeah, I, I'm kind of getting a little bit tired of it. Um, it just, I, as a fan, and maybe I'm in the minority here, really don't care. Like, I don't care. Um, and, and really, I feel like it's probably none of my business, too. I mean, they, they can talk to the owners about what they what they want, and I'm not really sure how much I should be involved. But I, I do feel like I want baseball, and uh, whatever that takes – uh, is is really what I what I want and call that a simple simpleton view, but um, that that is what it is. I mean, they they can make all the money they want. Forget about it. Who cares? But I think it does boil down to a point too, where as fans, when when we're taking a when we are dishing out you know, two hundred plus bucks to go to a game, uh, and and this is like you know, without really buying anything uh it's bringing your own food and snacks and your little plastic bag and um that's something you got a budget for it's yeah it's not really something that you can do too often and so i think that there's just there's a deeper problem here and really i think in this whole in these whole proceedings the fans may be getting left out a little bit yeah and um well luckily here in pittsburgh I can get seats at the third base line for like uh, thirty some dollars a ticket. It is cheap. Nice. To go to a game here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I guess your team has to be bad, and your payroll's got to be low. I guess. Well, the, you know, the, hey, the Rangers are bad too, and, and they just built a brand new stadium. I, I don't get it. And um, <laughs> you know, as hoping ticket prices will go down. I mean, hey, that ain't gonna happen now. Um, but there's different models, right? I, I know the, the Falcons, uh, I, I believe it is, they, they made price, they, they lowered prices of concessions and, and probably ticket prices too. I don't know. But in, in the hopes that people would buy more and that would drive more revenue that way, uh, more profits. And and I think it worked for them. And I know when the Rangers were building out this, this new stadium, there were talks of adopting that model. I don't think it happened. But... Um, yeah, there's other ways to do it, but it just, hey, it ain't happening. No, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. This drama, 
um, with the tweets. I mean, at first, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was funny whenever all the players were calling him Man Clown. Uh, whenever the lockout originally started on December 2nd. But, like, now, I mean, it's getting old. Uh, to me, we need to see baseball. And I guess my uh, question is to you is why should fans care and uh, sign this petition? Well, why, why should um, – because if you remember uh, the last lockout in 94, um, from what I've read and watched on YouTube from re researchers and all that – uh, league attendance after the lockout went down, like, I think 30% across all stadiums. Um, and the, I hate to say it, but what saved baseball was the steroid era um, and the home run chases. That um, brought people back. Do you think that that's going to happen again? Do you think steroids are all of a sudden, like, going to be under the uh, microphone happening again without no one knowing? Are we no. The same thing. No, I, I don't think so. And, and what you see out there with the the steroid testing being suspended, it's just that it's being they're being suspended, right? And I, I I really really think that MLB put that out as probably a distraction. It, it's that's a non-starter. It's it's nothing. Um, at least that's what I think. You know who knows? But right. Um, I it's a gener baseball is a a generational thing. Um, the reason I. And, and really, the reason I take my kids to a game, it's not to see the Bryce Harpers of the world. It's not to see Max Scherzer pitch. It, you know, well, actually, okay, maybe that's not totally true. Sometimes it, it is. But mostly, the, the reason why I, I pack my kids in the car and take them to the game is is because my dad did. And because it's a fun time. And you're, you're watching you're watching baseball. Uh you know, hey, the, the players are, are fantastic, right? And I really love the players. I, I think it, it's cool seeing their personalities. I, I think it's cool seeing what they do on the field. It, it's some pretty magical stuff sometimes. And when you take a look at what uh, what a DeGrom can do with the pitch, I mean, that that is something special. But at the end of the day, it's it's baseball. It's just baseball. And, like, if that's not DeGrom, if it's somebody else um, – Hey, fine. I, I I'll watch that. But I, I think you know. Hey, the the players really. I think it's 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 its own ecosystem. The the owners deserve some some money for sure. They bought the teams, right? They they spend the money to put the product on the field. They market it, uh, and some goes to the players too, right? They they're on the field battling every day. They're fantastic at what they do. They should have some money too. And, and then you've got the fans that come in and spend money to give to these guys and uh, and put their hard-earned money into the game. Uh, it's just it's it's an ecosystem that needs to be taken care of. Uh, everybody needs a cut. And uh, it really, to make this thing work, that, that's got to be the way that it, it is. Um, so I, I think you take care of everybody. You figure out a way to partition this thing out, and that's how the game survives. Who do you think this lockout hurts the most? Got to be the fans, man. I, I mean, really, it hurts everybody. The owners aren't making their money. The player, I, I guess, the players aren't getting paid, right? That that's got to be my assumption. Maybe they are uh, if they have contracts in place, right? I I, I guess yeah. I assume that they would. But um, um, if I remember, uh, also in. Uh, uh, news article I was reading. A lot of players had to go work at grocery stores. Chipper Jones worked on, on a, at, at an Atlanta, at, a Atlanta sports radio like station. Uh, mm -hmm. One the one guy had to work at a Kmart. Like it was nuts. Like stuff 
players had to take real jobs in 94. Yeah, well, I, so I, I gotta assume, like Tatis, who made X amount of millions last year, or you know, name any number of guys. Surely those guys aren't going; to, they're not being greeters at Walmart's. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Surely, it, it really even. I mean, you take Jim Leyland. You know, like, yeah, I, you take the least player in the game. He, he made six hundred K last year. I mean, they're, they're they're doing pretty well, and I'm not saying it's not deserved, right? And it really, like I said before, it's none of my business, but. Um, I, I would think today they're probably a little bit more taken care of than they were. Maybe I'm wrong there, but um, well, yeah, it, it hurts. It hurts the fans because we need baseball, yeah. man. Of course, I mean, absolutely. You know, the it's mostly entertainment value and spending time mm-hmm. with your family. Like that's exactly how I like my dad. Like I'm, I, I'm for Three River Stadium for the Pirates. Like he took me in my first game when I was like three or four. It was like 2000. It was the year. Before I uh, got like it was the year it got tore down, tore down for PNC Park. Oh man, good thing you got to go. I know Three Rivers is a uh, pretty interesting. I see why they did away with. Um, I see why they did away with the hybrid baseball football stadiums. Is they suck. I mean, if you saw Oakland, oh my god, like the, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so disorganized the way it looks on the outside. Like it looks horrendous, and like the oh yeah, you're, you're playing football with the baseball diamond out there, yeah. So I'm glad they did away with the uh, hybrid stadiums like that. Like arenas, it works. You can tear down stuff with grass. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, totally. So, but, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, uh, that was my first baseball memory. And I remember, like, Jay- the only thing I could really remember was Jason Kendall was, like, the catcher. Yeah. Good old Jason Kendall, number 28. I remember him. Great player. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> Uh, that was like my first favorite player. So like, yeah, I do like the Pirates and Yankees a little bit, you know. Like, uh, I find it funny when my dad tries to throw that the Pirates beat the Yankees in like 1961. Like, dude, I don't even remember the Mazeroski hit. I wasn't even born. I'm like, you were born two years later. I don't know why the hell you're. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but, man. I'm like, it is what it is, but. Yeah, I got the Pirates are forever in my heart. You know, I went to their first playoff game in 20 years. I remember that. I'll never forget that. Oh, man. The raucous crowd. Um, The dude that jumped off the Roberto Clemente bridge after they won, after the game. (laughs) Yeah, against the Reds. We were chanting, Quaid, Quaid, he drops the ball. And then Russell Martin just slams it right to my section in left field. Like, dude, oh man! I was like 16. I'll never forget it, man. Holy crap! The blackout. We had all of our black T-shirts, pirate shirts on. Oh my god, it was awesome. Yeah, and the pirates would go through phases where they'd be a really good team, and it just seems like they can't handle the success, and they, they break <sighs> it down. And, uh, our, our owner's greedy. Loves money. Wants to yeah as he can. Yeah. Um. That that that's the general consensus around here. A lot of a lot of people want to oh, sell. Man. And they won't. Uh, they they he they came close. I remember Mark Cuban almost bought the team. He's a Pittsburgher. Uh, he he almost bought the Rangers uh, when the, this current ownership group. <laughs> he tried the Pirates. That didn't work. Yeah. Then he tried the Rangers. So it's kind of funny that we both have roots in that. There. He needs a baseball team. I uh, I, I yeah. would be on the board. That's not going to work. I don't think MLB really likes him very much. Yeah, I, you're right. Or he probably um, would have one. Because he got the money for it. I mean, it's he not does. bad. He does. No, he, want, yeah. he wants to He wants to branch out into baseball. He wants to do another sport. Mm-hmm. The NFL is too expensive. That's way out of his, like, 
who are we talking about? Mark Cuban. Cuban. Well, I mean, he is pretty much taking over everything, so go ahead. But, see, I would definitely rather have him than Bob Nutting. When the owner buys a team, all the other owners have to agree. And, like, him, him and the owners don't get along. So, like, every time he tries to buy it, they all, like, vote him out. It's kind of funny. I mean, in a situation like Pittsburgh, Mr. Spikes, I want to know your opinion on this because, yeah, they already own the Tampa Bay Lightning as well as the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point, and we know they already own the Boston Red Sox. What are your thoughts on somebody like Fenway Sports Group stepping in to purchase the Pirates from Bob Nutting? Oh, if they already own the the Red Sox, um, man, I would have to say that's a that's a no no. Like you can't you can't own two MLB teams. It's kind of like Bud Selig having a, a stake in the the Brewers. It's kind of strange. And I guess you know that's that's fine because he's not competing against the Brewers. But um, yeah, that'd be really weird. I I don't know. I don't know. I'd I mean, say no on that one. I think it is in like every single sports like leagues like rule book that you can't own more than two teams in the same like league. Hey, let, let somebody else have a piece of the pie. The Mr. Cuban, or, you know, somebody. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but they don't like Cuban. I don't know. It's something. No, no. Some maybe some like want top one percenter thing they don't like about each other. I don't know. Yeah, you know, little me, I don't like you. I don't, I don't know what they could possibly hate each other over. But <laughs> all the owners don't like them. I don't know. Got to be somebody else out there, man. Uh, yeah, I be agree. That's willing to buy them. Um, it seems like a lot of these guys. See, that's the thing. I don't think like. I read in a report that these owners are going to be losing, like, if you add it all up, it's a not a complete number, but the number, like, kind of totals up to about $30 billion across all the owners. Mm. dollars a piece they'd lose in profit and all that in their pocket. But these guys have other side ventures. We have to remember. It's a secret oh, yeah. thing. It only lasts six months. Where are they going to – where, where do these uh, rich owners come up with, with money the other six months? They have their own other side businesses. Oh yeah, they, forget. Yeah, hey, they had like, to have some dough to buy the team. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? So like they they have uh, they have investment portfolios. They have their own businesses. Like like the Pirates owner, he owns the Pirates. He owns I think Seven Springs, the ski resort up here. That's a seasonal thing too. So that's winter thing. That's why. <laughs> and like that is well better taken care of. Than the Pirates roster, I'll tell you that right now. Okay, I will step in and admit, since I just looked it up, I was slightly mistaken. What's that? The third team that the Fenway Sports Group owns is actually a soccer club, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. I knew that. I knew it was Liverpool um, and uh, Red Sox. What's the other one? The Penguins. Oh, yeah, they own them now, right. Well, they're majority owners. We still have Mario and Burkle involved as... As, yeah, I, was gonna, uh, I thought Burke was going to um, do majority, uh, just give it to them. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe Max Scherzer can buy the Pirates um, Yeah, here here pretty soon. I love it. You know what? Pitch for us, because we need an ace. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, they need got, an ace uh, real bad. You know? I'd love to I mean, see some good pitching again. Mahomes owns a portion of the Royals, I, I believe. He um, does? They, yeah. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, I I think I understand that. I mean, you know, um, but that that's not too far off. These guys are making a lot of money. 
I mean, if no, you I look mean, that they route money for, a, for like a minority stake in the team, they do. Right, just kind of a name, kind of a name that hey, you know, hey, Mahomes owns part of the Royals. Um, it's it's a cool thing. Yep. Go ahead, Joffrey. I was also going to point out, like, there, it's not uncommon for athletes to end up investing their money and buy teams, as you mentioned, Mahomes. You've got LeBron James, who's a yep. part owner of Fenway Sports Group. Yeah. Michael Jordan, who is a part owner of the Charlotte Bobcats, uh, minor league team. Uh, you've got Jeter that owns the Marlins, uh, you know, portion. That's right. You know, and, uh, you know, he, he gave us, uh, he gave us, uh, John Carlos Stanton in that trick. <laughs> yes, what a gift wrap. There would have been. Oh, he nice did. Thing. He said, Hey, Merry Christmas, man. I gave you a Christmas present. Yeah, Hell, I can't even the, what that even the Williams was. sisters, Venus and Zarina, are part owners of the Miami Dolphins. I did oh, not really? know that. Wow, I did not know that either. So that means they're technically getting sued too by Flores at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what a what a messed up thing there. Jeez. Yeah, there was a, we 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 did talk about that already, but we're here to talk about the lockout. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, in your honest opinion, just speculating, since we really don't know much, we know I mean, it's a lot of secrecy behind the door stuff going on with the lockout. What do you think it's going to take for these guys to finally uh, get it uh, done? Um, is there a past example, like in the '94 lockout case, or is this just a totally different animal? Is this just like something? Uh, something's going to have to happen. Like the planets have to align with the moon at the same time. Yeah, strike at this certain point. Like, what do you think is going to have to happen here? You know, I I think at the end of the day, everybody's making too much money to 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 let this thing slip. And I know right now it seems, I don't know, the, the lack of activity is just mind blowing to me. And I I feel like I don't know. I mean, hey, we live in a world where um, it, it's it's all about. The, the portrayal to the the public and manipulating things that way. And I, I'm not putting it past anything that this is all a show. Um, it is. And, and yeah, and partly so, I mean, to some extent for sure, but um, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Why are these guys only meeting so much? And I, I'm thinking that this has to be resolved, it, right? If this was, if they were really at all these odds and, uh, you you having to to really fight over so much. Um, why why are they meeting once every other week? Um, or you know that's at best. I, yeah, I, twice I a it, month. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, this thing has to get done, right? If not, it's such a joke. And really, that's that's what's driving the petition is uh, just the, the the frustration of the lack of activity. Like, what are you guys doing? Um, I, it, I know. Like, are they more worried about golfing in Florida? Like, I really don't. Oh, it's it's cigars and and cognac for for them. And yeah, there there there's this meeting in Florida. Like, how how much are these guys actually meeting? Uh, you know, I I don't I don't know. But <laughs> to me, it's just it's more of like so. If it lasted seven minutes, it was more like, hey, these players ain't gonna get shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See you. Bye bye. Um. But yeah. Like, I don't. And the same thing with the players. Like, hey, these owners are gonna get one on us, huh? But I want to yeah. some stats by you real quick, and then I want to sure what I think. Um, yeah. What I think is uh, this is really hurting. Um, so from what I saw, 
See, the, it used to be before the uh, 94 lockout, the owners were getting their asses kicked in every CBA deal. The players were winning. That's why you've seen salaries skyrocket in the early 90s. All of a sudden, they're making tens of millions of dollars. Like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, at the time, I'm sure you see oh, okay. uh, going so much. And the lockout because the owners got tired of losing every deal. So ever so after the 94 lockout, now we have the players are getting their asses kicked in every single labor negotiation. And now we're seeing that they're getting sick of it. Like Max Scherzer, he's seen it all up to this point as a 37-year-old. I think he's 37. Fact check me on that. Got to be up there, yeah. 37, 38. You know, and even he's sick of it. Like, because let me tell you this. This is why. 60% of players in the 2021 season uh, were making under a million dollars on the major league roster. That is huge. I'm, I'm being serious. That's a stat I saw, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's true. About 60 to 62%, somewhere around that region, were making under a million dollars for their major league salary. That is mind-boggling to even think about. Um, the fact that the MLB owners keep this much revenue, and they keep this much revenue of that small portion. I mean, I think it's insane at that rate that, you said it's under a million, a majority of which, which is what, 600000 is the entry salary for baseball? Right around there, yeah, five fifty. Whereas most rookies in the, even the NFL for playing a 17-game schedule versus a 162-game schedule, in the NFL, the minimum salary is what, seven hundred fifty k? Yep, 750000 That's the minimum for the NFL, and they play like 10% of that. You know, like, that's just... Yeah, that's a good point. Um... That's why I think the players definitely do deserve a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of fight to the owners. Like, listen, you know, like 60% of us ain't even making over a million dollars. And you mean to tell me you get to keep this much? We keep this little bit of that. Uh, I believe it's like $4 billion of revenue on average every year they make. Uh, that's a little, uh, you know, I mean, we could probably give a little bit more to them. Uh, but in my, so what's your take on that? That sixty percent of them making a, uh, making under a million dollars. Yeah, it's um, hey, may, maybe the system is broken a little bit. You got these guys like Scherzer making you know thirty. Well, I think Scherzer's over 40, 40 a year. And um, yeah, hey, so where where do we get that money to redistribute to some of these guys? I mean, does it come from the the top line contracts? Well, you know, I, it's it's not Scherzer's fault that he's making forty plus million a year. No, it's um, not. He earned that. Yeah, and um, yeah, what would it what would it take for the owners to give give three hundred k more per per player? I mean, not not much. Uh, so I I do think the system is is broken. And uh, when you've got like how much more is Corey Seager worth than Dansby Swanson? Is it fifteen to twenty million a year? Uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, so, so Corey Seager happens to, to have played six years and, and then he gets to go to contract negotiations. Um, but right now it's just the, the nature of the beast. It's the name of the game. Like that's just how it is. So I, I get these, I get the players wanting to, to talk through mm -hmm. that and find a better system. Um, it's just, we, we've had six years to do it and it's not done yet. Whose fault is that? I don't know. But look, I don't know I've, yeah, I think we get something in place to just as a stopgap. Like we don't have to cancel baseball. Let's keep yeah. talking about this stuff. We should have been talking about it five years ago. I absolutely um, agree. And uh, 
yeah, but I, I, I want to take care of they should they should get their money right okay i'm fine yeah. with that um but also let's not price the fans out too and let's give the owners a little right it, i think it's a it's a medium i i don't think anybody taking a hard stance on one side or the other is, is right um I, I think it's deeper than that but yeah see i yeah. kind of lean towards more of the players and this is why okay so right here Okay, I'm looking at his contract right now. Pete Alonzo, the New York Mets. First Polar Bear. Yeah. Uh, second round pick, excuse me. He's a first baseman. That's what I wanted to say, not first round. Um, I'm looking at his contract. He in twenty twenty one, you know he only made six hundred thousand dollars, like six hundred seventy six thousand. In twenty twenty, he only made two hundred and forty thousand in the shortened season. Well, a million in the home run derby. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, As the first baseman, arguably the most skilled position on the infield, and he's only making the minimum. Minimum. Pretty much. I mean, right, maybe he, not most. A, I mean, he led the league. I in home, most he led the National League in home runs. So, I mean, if we take a look here, let's see here for home run counts. He had yeah. three home runs and 120 ribbies in 20, 2021. He had 37 home runs and 94 ribbies. I mean, at some point, you know, this guy that deserves a pay raise, right? And he's already been in the league. You said how many seasons? It did, that, that was his third year last year. So, um, now he's going. He was supposed to go into arbitration this year. Uh, yeah, it, it's almost you've got to you've got to earn your right to make money. And then you've got guys like like Pujols. I mean, how, how much? I mean, the guy, I, I can't like what is he? Probably top twenty baseball players all time, if not better than that and at least on the hitter side and uh he's he's making you know way more than these other younger guys coming up that are putting out so much so it's like do, do you pay the guys for for what they've done do you pay them what they're for what they're doing now i tend to think for what they're doing now but i mean just just the way the system's set up uh and hey a better way would be a better way but we need baseball Absolutely, and I, I see why they are fighting. I mean, this is—it seems pretty rigged against the players, uh, the way they have it set up right now. I feel like they could make some changes, but in the end, uh, I'll just go to my honest opinion, and I want to hear your reaction of who this hurts the most. This hurts your regular workers at the stadiums, okay? Your security guards, your chaperones, your your ticket takers, your um, your concession stand workers. Uh, the janitors that work there, to me, these are just people who work at these stadiums seasonally, who, who rely on this money, who save up their money to live in the off season and like during the winter times, chill. You know, with, with a season, you know, w without that, I mean, we, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to feed their families throughout the summer? I mean, they were the salary for six months. Uh, it's sad, really, to me. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would love to hear a breakdown of the ecosystem of, of baseball and, and what this is affecting. I mean, hey, you take a look at, uh, you know, Surprise Arizona and, and, and what they're going through right now, not not potentially not having spring training. That's a whole uh, revenue stream that's not going to be there for these guys. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a big deal. It's a big yeah, deal. For economically, it's going to hurt, too. It's going to hurt bars. Uh, yeah, this hurts. Uh, yeah, exactly. It hurts the fans and it hurts. Uh, this hurts the economy. That is what I want my honest opinion of that. Uh, you want to expand on that? 
No, uh, no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. And and one thing I think we need to think about that the CBA doesn't affect is the minor leaguers because the, uh, I I didn't know how much they actually get paid, but it, it is a ridiculous amount. It's um it's below minimum wage, and it just baffles mm-hmm. me at how, how these owners can can think it's okay to to not pay these I and mean, the future of their franchise. And if you talk about investing like a million bucks more into the team and you distribute that among the minor leaguers and they're able to eat healthy things and, and not work during the off season and uh, focus on baseball. I mean, how, how much better would your team be in, in six, seven years or less than that? Um, it, it, it's baffling. I, and that's not affected by the CBA, but I think it's something that needs to be addressed at some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, here's the funny part, right? I watch Matt Manelli on YouTube. He's a former player. He played like one season, but he was main mm-hmm. leaguer. Like he goes over the money structure, how that works, and all that. And it just it's mind boggling, you know. His first season, he he was a, I think he was a fourth overall pick. He got like big like rookie money, like when he got he got drafted and all that. So like he got to no, he was first overall pick. I'm sorry. That's right. He was first overall pick in like 04 or something like that for the Padres. That's right. And I knew he was a top pick. So, like, he was somewhere up in, like, the top five. I want to say he was first overall in, like, 04 before he got called up in 08 and stunk. Um, But, no, so, like, he goes over the money structure and how that works for, like, double A in, like, his second season. Because, like, after you get drafted in short, we're not even going to talk about that. We're just going to go straight into his uh, first full season in double-A. They're going to put him in double-A. Um, I believe his salary was, just for that, um, I want to say it was only around, like, 60 some thousand dollars. It's like, literally, he's in the middle class, you know, for a professional player. With this big of a revenue stream, you got peanuts compared to that. Okay? And then uh, meal money. They give you meal money every month. This is all levels, depending on what what level you're at. He would only get per series like a hundred dollars, and like in Double A, they play like five game series. You have a hundred bucks amongst five days to feed yourself, and all yeah, these guys yeah. are eating unhealthy fast food because that's the only thing they could afford then. And so- I mean, yeah, I just just me sitting at a desk and being able to like think and do my job. I mean, I've got to eat better than that. Um, are you, you're just not feeding your brain. You're sure not feeding, feeding your body, the nutrients it needs to be able to be a top tier athlete. It's, yeah, it's I know. Mind boggling. Here's a hundred dollars for the series. Yeah. And, and feed yourself. You know, I think you know, myself before I heard that, and probably the vast majority of the, the public thinks that these guys probably get a per diem done to pay for a dime of what they eat. And I was just mind boggled by, mm-hmm. by that. It's insane. And, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You only get your uh, your salary spread out once a month payments. Okay. Yeah, and, and hey, maybe that's why you have guys like like uh, Bichette, like Bo Bichette and uh, and Biggio and and all these second generation players that that kids that can afford to eat better. You know, I I don't know, but it's uh, yeah, it's really dumb. It's really dumb. Yeah, and that that needs to be fixed. You you want to hear the major league meal money he got when he got called up in eight? Yeah. You wanna know how much they give you to eat? How much? Like it's like twenty thousand dollars per series. You really need twenty grand to eat. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, somewhere I mean, like fifty grand for some people. Like you really need fifty thousand dollars to eat. 
You're getting paid all, all this money. Yeah, that, that probably needs to be redistributed. Yeah, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you see yeah. unfair? And, like, some of these guys are like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. What 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 can you eat that's co- that costs 50 grand for a whole Wait, season? You know, I think it was Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson ate pancakes and syrup before every game. Uh, yeah, so that, you could, that's five bucks. Yeah, I need 50 it, grand that, to eat that for my story. Yeah, come on. <laughs> now for pitchers, I don't know. He's he's an everyday position. Every five games, yeah, they surely make more than that, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm just shaking my head at that amount. Like that's 50 like grand to eat for the whole series. That's just to eat. Yeah, that feeds some people for a year, man. <laughs> that's like you're eating. Frick- they call it meal money. Quote: What are they eating at that frick though? Freaking lobster tail, escargot, <laughs> truffles. I don't know. Have that at some five star restaurant. Drinking, em- drinking, shot, doing. What, what's that? Come with a side glass of Remy XO. I mean, see, Jesus Christ, that's know, insane. Like, see, see, they call it meal money, but like really, it's like entertainment money. Yeah, well, it's more entertainment money. And hey, there's a lot of players out there that do really, really good things for the community. That like use some of that money to do fantastic things. I, I remember a story of Juan Gonzalez, like you know, buying an air conditioner and carrying it to the, this lady's house and. And all the time, you got benefits, you've got all this stuff, uh, foundations that they set up. Some of them are doing great stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, I, I don't want to crap on the players too much. I know you guys weren't, because you, uh, if anything, you know, we're, we're I probably more for the players than not. But um, yeah, it's just, it, it, there's a deeper problem. And uh, I, I think it needs to be addressed, right? I think the fans need some too. Um, you know, and, but at the end of the day, just want baseball. Yeah, baseball me too. And like, also, I want to see these people who work regular jobs at these stadiums, you know, being able to provide for their families throughout the summer. Yeah, like too. You know, like because they it's, it's ridiculous that stuff. these people are going to suffer the worst, in my opinion. Oh yeah, guys in the pros have their money saved up and they can live for a little bit. Yeah, well, hey, when it, when I was younger, I was uh, looking at getting a seasonal job with the Frisco Rough Riders that that are close here, and um, wow. uh, I, I mean, there, there were guys there that would every year. I mean, every year they would come, and there were some people that had, and they would bounce around. Right, some some would work for the Cowboys, and then they come, and so it was like a full time job for them. So, yeah, having to take six months off of work, I mean, it really is going to affect a lot of people. It really it is. is. I mean, to me, that's the biggest victim of this lockout. I want to see people mm-hmm. get back so these people can have jobs and provide for their families. Right? Um, I mean, hey, I applied to be the Pirates Bat Boy. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> the, these past couple seasons, more, more so 2020, <coughs> I got robbed of seeing the Yankees at PNC Park. Whenever they had that shortened season. Eric, you are so lucky we have a guest right now because I'm going to bite my tongue and behave for once. Good, good. Uh, and uh, in 2022, I might get robbed again. So that You know what? That's a big part of it. We just had a shortened season. Like, this is so ridiculous. Surely they're not realistically uh, toying with the fact that they're, they're really going to sit out and make us sit through another one and lose that revenue. That's not going to happen. I mean, it I don't. I don't think it is. I think. Yeah. Uh, if if I had a prediction, uh, I think I was pretty pessimistic. 
Like last week, I, th- I think I said that there's going to be no season. I'm sorry. Just the way these talks are going. Especially oh, like, I feel you. like four times in two months. I thought that was ridiculous. I'm like, well, this ain't going to go anywhere. I don't yeah. think there. I could see maybe half of that. Maybe 81 games. I might be able to see that. Even then, even then at that point, what's the point? You know, if it's not right. some games. Right. It's so gimmicky at that point. And it's, it's 60 it's games all, is horrible. Yeah, it's all really stupid. And I know yeah. one of the things that they were discussing if we do a if this drags on long enough, and what was the date on that? Give me one second to look at my notes from last week's episode. Sure. Because we had a date that if this thing drives drags on until May, like if we don't get a resolution until May 1st, or sorry, June 5th, May 1st would be a 100-game season, which is doable. But after that, if it goes on until like June 15th, our best bet is for the season to open with the All-Star game and play 60 games. Oh, I, I think it, if it's not all of it, it's it's none of it for me. I'm not going to sit there and watch or try to extrapolate stats for for a shortened season. I mean, I'm not I'm not playing that game. If if they can't get this done, it's it's done for me, and, and that's that means a lot. Because I'm I love, saying it, it, it just baseball. waters it down at that point. Yeah, like surely there's there's something that they could they can make happen. And it, it, as seriously, if we miss one game. Uh, th- this whole four meetings in two months thing is just, I mean, it, some people do need to be fired over that. And it, it's probably more than just Manfred. I mean, he's the face of it. Um, this, some things have got to shake down because that's absurd. I'm looking up real quick. When's the next meeting between players and owners? I, you know, I, I, I heard that they were meeting in Florida for three days, which is fantastic. But then I think I heard that that's just owners. I think it's an owner's meeting. It's like a quarterly thing where they all meet. Uh, yeah, I wish I would have looked into that more. Trying to figure it out. It doesn't really say. Wait, latest time will be the United States Secretary of Labor willing to get involved. Oh, there you go. Two hours ago. With unusually high oh, yeah. And will be owners gathered quarterly meetings. That was two hours ago. They just gathered for another quarterly meeting. Um. That's not very good if it's not both parties meeting. And that that's not giving us anything. So there's our uh, current state of this lockout. Nothing going on, of course. The usual with Rob Manfred and company. Nothing yeah, it, going on. It's it's pretty dumb. The whole mediator mediator thing is dumb. Like why can't they just sit in a room and talk? Well, I um, mean. As much as I crap on Roger Goodell, you know, he would be like, he, he would he would have sleepless nights. Yeah, right, and that's that's what should be happening. Like these these guys should be so strung out right now and desperate to just talk to each other, and it doesn't feel like that's happening. And maybe what we're seeing is just the public positioning. But um, yeah, come on, Let, let's uh, well, let, let's have a few drinks. Let's talk. It should be yeah. easier. I don't think it helps that. They had a complete role change in the middle of the season last season. Uh, that really, really pissed. Yeah, you mentioned that. What exactly happened with that? Okay, so they did this. So you know, how pitchers used to use sticky stuff forever. It didn't matter what it was. You do pine on the ball, whatever you decide. Like even spit ball, spit on the ball on your fingers and use it to create more spin and uh, RPMs on the ball. Well, 
They decided that you cannot manipulate the baseball in whatever way. Right in the middle, I think it was right in June 1st or 2nd. Am I correct there, Eric? Somewhere around there? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that was a big ordeal. Yeah, it was right It was right in the middle of the uh, – it's like I've never seen a league in my entire life impose a rule right in the middle of the season. And, like, okay, look, I get it. You want to stop cheating totally. I'm with it. At least let these players prepare in the middle of the offseason. Like, okay, we got a rule change coming. We're going to switch this up. It gives me time to practice. You know what I mean? Because, like, right. it's ripping on me about my about our ace, Garrett Cole, you know, getting destroyed. I'm like, well, yeah, you got a rule change. You're going to see a lot of these guys. He's not the only guy doing it. I mean, everyone is. Every yep. pitcher was doing it. I don't care if it was the fifth guy or the ace or the closer or some random guy in the bullpen. Everyone and their mother was using uh, anything to get a spin on that ball. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to some extent, like, I, hey, they probably should because you uh, you want to have some control over it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, like, maybe when we're getting into crazy things like spider tech and all that, like when technology starts to really make that thing insane, um, you, you regulate it. But how do you, how do you regulate that? Um, I don't know. That that's a whole other thing. But a lot of people yeah, were saying they could use test kits, like you know how the police have like test kits on the spot. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's, they that's turn good. a certain color. They never think of that. doing that, but it was too much money. What do you mean too much money? Okay, whatever. Um, so like, yeah, I was thinking like, why don't they fire the test kits like that? Like if it, if it comes up this color in this packet, like uh, like you know how like cocaine's like purple, and a cop's drug test kit. Yep. Whenever, like in a, in a baggie. So, like, how come they couldn't do the same thing? If it turned a certain color, it's this banned substance. You're out of the game. Like, mm -hmm. Why they couldn't do that? I'm sure they could. There's a cheaper way to do it, um, like that. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm not for this role changing in the middle of the season. It totally ruins everybody's groove. Um, but like, there has to be a certain way to like, re like regulate it like that. I mean, yep. at least with other sports like NFL and NHL, if they notice something screwy during the year, they'll wait until the offseason to address it and just institute mm -hmm. the rule at the start of the next season so that it doesn't affect well, what's yeah, already been done have, in the year. Yeah, you have time to prepare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, like, they told Atlanta no more, like the Falcons, you know, no more making artificial crowd noises because your crowd sucks. <laughs> like, on defense. Yeah, that's funny. That's a great yeah, idea. No, that happens. Falcons, by Artificial the way. Artificial crowd noise. I mean, why not? Uh, good, good, good thought on their part, right? It's not against the rules. Uh, uh, so technically not. You're right. I mean, yeah. I hell, anyway. WWE's been doing it for years. What's yeah. that? I said, hell, WWE's been doing it for years. Oh, uh, yeah, on TV. Yeah. Uh, it's Face it, Roman yeah. Reigns was getting cheered on TV yet booed in the stadium for how many years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's another uh, that's another discussion for another day, um, but yeah, no, definitely with baseball back. Uh, Joffrey, you got any more questions for him? No, Misty Spikes. I think we've taken up enough of your time tonight. Thank you for being a part of this. Yeah, hey, fantastic guys! It's a lot of fun, and I, I love what you're doing here. Thanks for having me. Uh, hey, it, it is. Uh, I, I'm so honored to be the first guest of the Sports Authority podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys granting that to me and, and, and thanks for bringing attention to this. Uh, I mean, so, so really, Hey, just a fan that's kind of fed up and, uh, you're wanting to do something, anything. And 
the yeah, I know this is probably not going to amount to anything. I mean, you take a look at the numbers. We've got just over 300 signatures, and I've been doing this for about a week plus. Um, Which, by the way, can I add that definitely during this discussion, you've sold me. I've just signed it and uh, <laughs> posted the link to my Twitter, uh, which you can follow. If you're looking to sign the petition, you can either hit it at change.org slash save baseball or by following me on Twitter at TJE Joker. That's TJE G-E-O-C-U-R. I'm sure Eric's probably going to be sharing it on his own Twitter, which is at IWF Johnson, as well as on the Sports Authorities Twitter, which is at SA Podcast 87. I've shared it on that a couple times. Like um, I've yeah. shared it in a sports fa- sports fan Facebook group already. I believe that's gotten him spiked a little bit because it has like over like 2,500 members in it. I I appreciate that so much, and you can really tell because uh, yesterday, hey, it was jumping. Uh, so so anybody that that wants to hop on and and just sign that thing, I, I appreciate it. At the end of the day, hey, we're not we're not siding with the owners, we're not siding with the players. Uh, we're ju- we just want baseball, and that's what this thing is all about. We just want them talking. Like, hey, get get in a room, talk it out. You guys figure it out, right? It's really none of our business. Um, let, let's but let's have baseball. Oh yeah, like I definitely want to at some point this summer. Definitely head down to PNC Park. You know, pay my what thirty dollar ticket cost, buy my buy a couple twenty one dollar beers and some fifteen dollar hot dogs, and have a great time. Yeah, no, I I agree. You know, like I don't know why they can't have a system in place where they just play on the old CBA for a season. I mean, they can, but they never do. None of these sports leagues ever want to play on the old CBA. Every single time, it always has to be that's a lockout or Sign this new one. Like, can we just like talk about it as the season goes on? Have some union meetings and some union and owner meetings together while the season's going on. You know, just right. While the well, I mean, technically those technically those meetings should have happened during the during the length of the previous CBA. Yeah, and yes. for some reason it didn't. I don't understand. Like, I worked a union job for ninety days. That's what they do. Like, they're literally already talking about the next like. CBA like three years in advance. Like I know, I don't Maybe. know what the holdup was. I know there's a lot of animosity between the two. I, I hope they figure something out uh, at some point. It's, it's got to be biased on here and siding with the players, but in the end, yes, I, I both of these guys need to figure something out. Both yeah, it, yeah it, there's a major part of this has to be a publicity stunt. Has to be. Uh, and hey, maybe it's working, right? Because you've got uh, hey, Seager Simeon signings, the the barrage of, of players signing before the lock. That was so exciting. And then afterwards, I'm sure that's going to happen as well. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But yeah, surely they'll they'll come to an agreement, and this will all be past us. And yeah, they've had six years to talk about this thing. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, so I would like to think, like, if this were really a thing, and the season were really at jeopardy. Uh, yeah, why are we only meeting so much? Uh, so, but we'll see. We'll see. And, and all we can do is is keep keep pushing. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think. I mean, you know, a lot of people told me on Twitter, "Hey, this isn't going to amount to anything." And, and they are absolutely right, unless this really catches a, a fire and 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 blows up, right? Like I, I would imagine to really do something, we've got to have at least ten thousand signatures, right? And we're not even close. But um, I, I appreciate everyone that jumps on and signs it. And I think if nothing else, if we keep blowing up their 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 Twitter, right, and we keep talking about it, 
and and we unite as fans and at least let them know that we we give a crap um surely it's they're, they're gonna catch notice right they're, they're gonna see that and and that's really the goal um do i really think we're gonna lock them in a room and have them talk about this yeah probably not but let's let's at least let them know we care i mean oh, yeah. at this point at this point i'd be okay with that face it that's what they do when it's time to pick a new pope yeah lock them in a room until they all come to agreement <laughs> Let's let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's learn You'll walk them in a room, and once the agreement comes out, you know the, the smoke will come out the chimney. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, whatever. I, I I I'm for it. Let's uh, yeah, the owners of the Cardinals, and yeah, we'll we'll. Man, Cardinals. We've even got Cardinals. Cardinals we've even got Cardinals already. We're good. They're let's do this. Yeah. yeah, sorry, we got the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, got the Padres too. Uh, yeah, we can make this happen. Oh God, the Padres. Yeah, the Friars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I never knew that was their team nickname, the Friars. I never heard of that. Anyone say that. Oh, that's great, man. I, I love the Padres. Their team color is brown. It's uh Used to be fantastic. blue. They used to have the blue, and they changed it to the brown and yellow. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's – That's it's the cool. old school, right? The old school style is brown and yellow. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, they went blue and white. I don't know why. Right, trying to conform, I think, you know, just hey, let's be more like a standard team, but then um, they went back to the roots. That's- yeah, I don't know. See, I, I, if I'm more of an old school jersey kind of guy, like I know we're going off on a tangent a little bit, but like I like having these discussions. Like, you know, like the Diamondbacks have red jersey. I, I, I miss the I miss the blue and the uh, purple from like the early 2000s. When did they switch their colors? I like recently, like ten years ago or something like that. Wow, I, I haven't been paying attention because I thought they still had the blue and purple. Nope. I think it was, I think it was when Grinky signed. That was the first year. Oh, um, Grinky, yeah. Grinky was, yeah. Uh, what, 2011-ish? Something. I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh. Time time flies. Like, I can't believe it's been you know, 10 years since the Rangers went to the World Series. It, it's, I remember the Marlins went from the, 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 uh, the light green and the white to the uh, the orange, like oh, I love the new style, what man. Hell? I love those jerseys. So do uh, I. And then they went to like the neon blue and the orange, like yeah. Like, this is crap. I, I, I well, like if I'm the not new mistaken, style, the man. Pirates also used to have a different uh, color scheme as well, didn't they? No, black and gold. All three teams. Yeah. Or what? Or one of the teams originally, one of them had a different color scheme. I know the pit. The Penguins were originally blue and white. I think yes, the Steelers, that was the only oddball. Either the Steelers or the Pirates also had a different oh, color, and then they all yeah. conformed. You know what? I never thought about all Pittsburgh teams having the same colors. They, yes. Wow, yes. it's mind blowing. No, but you're, we are yep, the only because city, our the the Pittsburgh city, city that has flag, Pittsburgh wow. city flags black and gold. That's why. That is. We are the only city that has multiple franchises that are all conformed. Good. Well, night. now Pittsburgh Maulers in the USFL are purple and orange, but you know, that's okay. But USFL is not a major league yet. I know. I'm just teasing. Someone's got to get yeah, on. There's gonna be a ball. spring football league, like the eighth one or the eightieth one. We'll see how that goes. Uh, well, they're 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 a comeback, right? Since the mid '80s. I mean, hmm. even when we had the Arena Football League, the uh, Pittsburgh Power, they were black and gold too, and I believe the yeah. Riverhounds also run off a of black and gold uh, color scheme. I went to a game for free. I was in high school. Chick I was dating at the time. Her mom knew the general manager of the team who could make trades. So we got free tickets. Said zero dollars, zero cents, right on all the tickets. It was awesome. 
<laughs> hey, can you print me out like uh, four tickets? Like, oh, absolutely, sir. No problem. <laughs> All right. That's, that's Anyways. Cool. Um, so, do you want to send us off on one last uh, comment, Eric, or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, so, so, so my Twitter and yeah, I didn't plan on like doing this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a random Twitter. I just, I created this thing to really just follow fantasy baseball guys. Uh, but it's, it's at Dud Barnett, D-U-B, I'm uh, sorry, D-U-D-B-A-R-N-I-T. I think I spelled that right. But the, really, I mean, the thing that matters most is, is change.org slash save baseball. Uh, if, if you guys wouldn't mind going on there and just signing it for baseball, for America, really, um, I, I would appreciate that uh, for, for all of us. I, I think it's uh, it just just driving awareness, getting these guys to talk. Does it change anything? I don't know. But at least lets them know that we're not happy about what's going on. And I appreciate you guys having me on. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate and- you having, first, having you on as a first guest. Uh, I, I thank you. What an honor. I'm, oh, yeah, it's great. Thanks, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys, too. And I'll be sure to keep in tune with the podcast. And, uh, yeah, hey, let me know if you ever want to have any baseball chats. Let's, uh, let's talk We definitely it. will keep you in mind. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, hey, if you want to have a uh, lockout talk throughout the season or baseball talk, whatever, whatever's going to happen this year or beyond, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, Maybe have another spe- – maybe have you back because it's another special guest closer to the uh, – if we get a season closer to the playoffs or the World Series. Oh, yeah. Hey, you guys let me know if you ever need a fallback plan and to fill some space. I'll I'll, I'll be there. Cool. Sounds, sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. All right. For those of you listening at home, uh, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for tuning in to the very special first guest interview episode of the Sports Authority. I've been Joffrey Curry. This is alongside... Alongside Eric Reffert, as he just said, and our special guest for this episode, Eric Spikes, we will resume with our regularly weeks, our regularly scheduled weekly episode later tonight, which will also be special because this time we'll have four hosts unless somebody backs out last minute. Because not only do we have Eric, Joffrey and Kevin, but after how well he did last week. We've decided we're going to make Young Spur a regular member of this team. Young Spur, I like it. Well, 